Alright everybody, welcome to BO Boys for Monday, December 27th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Ho, 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 I'm Pat. Whoa, a little bit late on those hoes there, but, you, you know. You, you can never be late with hoes. Ho, ho. Well, it is still December. If it was January, then you'd be way too late on those hoes. No, 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 no. We're not doing ho, ho, ho next month. We're not doing... Uh, uh, see you next year, next uh, next week. It is this is the only week for all that. So if you want to get your ho hoes in, you want to get your see you next year. It's this episode. Next week is business as usual. Absolutely. Well, since we have a packed show, mm-hmm. show show, we should go 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 mm-hmm. with this plow, and we're not plowing. Just a five. We are plowing to ten, my friend. All right. Well, Godspeed. Go for it. All right. Number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. $84.5 million, down 68%. In its second weekend, it is now sitting at $470.3 million in its second weekend. It's already a billion-dollar baby worldwide, but we'll get to that. Number two, Sing 2 made $22.3 million. It has a total cum of 37.9 in its first weekend. Number three, The Matrix Resurrections, $12 million. It is now at 22.5, because that's the five-day. In its first weekend. Jesus. Number four, oh, The Kingsman. $5.9 million in its first weekend. It is at 9.5 for the five-day. Ooh, rough stuff. Number five, American Underdog, The Court Warner Story. $5.8 million. It is at 500, oh, 5890 so... Yeah, it opened on Christmas in its first in its first weekend. Number six, West Side Story, $2.8 million, down 22%, lost 10 theaters. It stands at $23.9 million in its third weekend. Number seven, A Journal for Jordan, $2.2 million in its first weekend. Licorice Pizza going wide. Number eight. It made $1.9 million. That's an increase of 2,126%. It added 782 theaters. It is standing at $3.2 million in its fifth weekend. Number nine. Encanto, $1.8 million, down 72%. It lost 725 theaters. It's at $88.1 million in its fifth frame. And number 10, Ghostbusters Afterlife, $1.2 million, down 64%. It lost 1,554 theaters. It is now at $120.4 million in its sixth weekend. And that is your top 10. Wow. And you went through 10 movies, and at no point, did you say the title Nightmare Alley? That's because Nightmare Alley with Bradley Cooper finished 11th. In its second weekend, this movie didn't even make the top 10. It's Mm-mm. at a total of $5.2 million. So, I mean, we talked about whether that thing would cry macho, and it is it is just... It wished it could cry macho at this point, which, which is stunning. Yeah, it's... It's effectively done box office wise and, and it it's it's feeling that way Oscar wise as well. Yeah. I mean it that's a movie that got great reviews, but when you have box office that is this bad as a voter, and you know, we the BO boys are not Academy voters yet, but as yeah. as an Academy voter, you really do have to take the box office into account. And Nightmare Alley's box office is so bad. That I, I agree. It it kind of has to be done as a serious Oscar contender. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the movie right behind it, number 12, House of Gucci, is at $47 million total. 
it may may get pulled across that $50 million line. You know, if they just leave it out there long enough, it may get to that. So like House of Gucci may have Oscar hopes with its BO, but yeah, Nightmare Alley, I think is, is you can't vote for it as an Oscar voter. The BO is just too, it's too bad. It's effectively, it's effectively done. Yeah. So, all right, looking at this top 10, the obvious story is, of course, Number one is Spider-Man, No Way Home. Spidey is kind of saving the the box office right now, saving theatrical in some way. I mean, it's just stunning when you look at these numbers of just how many people are seeing Spider-Man, No Way Home compared to everything else combined. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at this top 10 and just in weekend grosses, doing some quick math, 34, 450, you know, you, you, everything else in the top 10 comes out to maybe somewhere around 50-something million dollars for the weekend, where Spider-Man, it's on its own, did 84 million. Yep. You know, and that's including a new Sing movie, a new Matrix movie, a new Kingsman movie. And Spider-Man... Well, it's just a... St- yeah. It's just a steamroller. It's sucking up all the oxygen... It's it keeps racking up records. It's the third highest grossing Christmas Day ever mm-hmm. with thirty one point seven million. That's right. That's right after Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker. So this is just a I mean, this is a all time film. And, you know, we don't talk about international too often, but it's already at a billion dollars after just 11 days. Right. It right. hit it on ele- in eleven days. It hit a, a billion dollar worldwide without China. That's huge because the the those China grosses usually really pad the numbers. Whenever anything gets to become a billion dollar baby, it's usually because you know China's put another two hundred million dollars in there, and Spider Man mm-hmm. has hit a billion dollars with no China. That's incredible. Yeah. It had a hundred and thirty-eight point six million dollar five day, so it's really hard for anything to compete with it. I think Sing Two obviously did the best. I think Sing Two is gonna hold the longest mm-hmm. and the strongest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it really killed, I think, two other films, and those films are Matrix Resurrections and The Kingsman. Yeah. If either of those even had a shot, mm-hmm. which from seeing Matrix Resurrections, I watched it on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. I don't, I feel like that movie did not have a shot of being a blockbuster in any shape or form. I, so I also watch on HBO. I would agree, and I liked it more than you did, but it is, it completely felt like it was. It, it was a TV product more than it was meant to be a new movie. You know, like we're not critics, but Matrix Resurrections is such a meta, um, almost almost joke of a movie. I, well, the thing you compared it to when we were texting about it is Gremlins 2. Matrix mm-hmm. Resurrections is the Gremlins 2 of the Matrix franchise. And... I love Gremlins 2. A lot of people out there love Gremlins 2, but Gremlins 2 was a box office disaster. Yes, but I also love Gremlins 2, and I think artistically Gremlins 2 is a better film by a wide, wide, wide margin. Yeah, I mean, I I, I like Gremlins 2 better than I like Matrix Resurrections, but they definitely serve the same purpose in their franchise, and Gremlins 2... If you're making a Gremlins 2 in your franchise, you're not going for box office. You're going mm-hmm, no. for something else, but it's not box office. There, there's really yet to be a Gremlins 2 in a franchise that has been a big box office hit. Yeah, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, and you know, I'm not seeing a lot of that in the in the analysis of why Matrix Resurrections was such a disaster this weekend. You're seeing a lot of talk about HBO Max Dane Date, which of course is a problem. You know, people are saying, like we said, Spider-Man is is just dominating everything. But you're not seeing the Gremlins 2 factor 
being talked about. And I think that's it's it's if you're gonna make a very meta sort of deconstructionist version, uh, a sequel to your blockbuster, you've got to go into that knowing the box office isn't going to be there. And I don't know how many times these big studios get fooled into making a Gremlins two in their in their franchises. Like when when are they going to recognize a Gremlins two in pre production rather than well, the the week after the movie came out and bombed. A more a more serious version of a a film like this film, The Matrix Resurrections, and its meta take on the subject matter uh, is Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Uh huh. Which also was a bomb, and I believe was probably the lowest of all of those films. The it made the least amount of all those films. Now, right. of course, Freddy was already dead. Freddy wasn't really in the zeitgeist at that point. But still, that meta textual layer, I don't, I don't think brought people to the theater. Right, right. Yeah, when when a filmmaker makes a Gremlins two sequel within a franchise, they are giving up box office, which is could be fine if that's where they are at their career. That's what they want to do. But the studios have to recognize that. And the studios have to get better at recognizing Gremlins 2 situations. And obviously, you know, we've we've given a, a, a lot of grief to Jason Kyler at Warner this year. He's just made one boneheaded move after another. He's not going to be the type of executive that is going to uh, uh, realize he's in a Gremlins 2 situation when it's happening. Like, he was never going to be that guy. That it, gr- mm-hmm. uh, The Gremlins 2 version of The Matrix was always going to get past his radar. Yeah. Well, the other thing that was damning about this Matrix film, and at least the way, uh, you know, they were looking at the tracking of this, is that the comps I was the comp I was seeing for this, mm-hmm. uh, especially on Deadline, was Passengers. Yes. And you're comping the fourth sequel to a massive, multi-billion-dollar franchise mm-hmm. to a underperforming star two-hander. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With Chris Pratt and J Law, right, right, a non-IP movie. Passengers was yes. a non-IP movie, and going into this opening weekend of of Matrix Four, that was what they were looking at. And it's like, if that's what you're looking at, why did you bother greenlighting a Matrix movie at all? You know, you could make another Passengers if you wanted. You don't have to make a a, a Matrix sequel to get at if your if your aim is as low as what Passengers did. And Passengers opened in 2016. Mm-hmm. It opened to 14.8 million dollars, mm-hmm. and it legged out to a hundred million mm-hmm. domestic. Mm-hmm. That more so showed the power of the franchises that Jay Law, Jennifer Lawrence, and Chris uh, Chris Pratt were involved in more than anything. Right, right. Um, I mean, I'm looking at the box office performance of what had been the previous Matrix movie. So Matrix uh, Revolutions, which came out in November of 2003. So this movie came out the the two and three for the Matrix movies came out the same year because Matrix mm-hmm, Reloaded came out in May and then this uh, Matrix Revolutions came out in November and this Matrix three opened with a forty eight million dollar three day weekend and an eighty three million dollar five day and obviously this new Matrix was not going to open to that. You know, Matrix mm-hmm. has been uh, uh, dormant for about 20 years and it's going to be on HBO day and date and there's a pandemic and all blah, 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 blah. But it is stunning what a drop this movie did compared to the third Matrix. It is, you, you wouldn't have expected it to open up with an $83 million five day, sure, but this five day of twenty two and a half million dollars is 
is just such a failure, such a colossal well, we, failure. We talked about this last episode, and I think you were higher on it than I was. Mm-hmm. And even I said, eh, you know, I think they'll probably it'll probably do twenty mil three day, and you know maybe thirty five to forty mm-hmm. in the five day, and that was saying, well, this is going to be a failure. Right. Right. And, th- and this failed beyond any propor- like beyond any proportion. Right, right. It's yeah. I mean, again, twenty years this thing has been dormant, and people, you know, I guess the thing that you got to keep uh, in mind is this is a f- a franchise where people hated the second and third movies. Yes, and yes. This is not a horror franchise where they're saying, oh, this new Matrix movie is a direct sequel to the first one. We're, we're pretending the second and third didn't exist. Something like that, you know, like with the Halloween series do or other horror. Fr- they're saying, no, this continues where we left off after that second and third movie that you all hated. Mm-hmm. And so in retrospect... The big question is, why make another Matrix movie when there are three already and people hate two out of the three that already exist? Because it's IP sitting around. Uh, Hollywood cannot. I mean, it's so cliche to say. Right. But there's there's no IP that they can't resurrect. I mean, we're going to see another Tarzan movie in the next 10 years. Right, right, right. Can you believe that? And nobody wants to see anything related to Tarzan, but it's an IP sitting around. Right. They'll be, they can't they'll let it be just another, sit around. There'll be another Robin Hood movie. There'll be another Robin Hood. That, exactly. And it's one of those things where you tell Hollywood, don't touch the stove. It's hot. You'll mm-hmm. get burnt. Mm-hmm. They they have to touch the stove. They right. have to. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. I mean, th- this Matrix Resurrections is such a colossal flop. It's such a Gremlins 2 situation. I just want to point out something that uh, our wannabe old boy Austin wrote to us in uh, an email just earlier today. He's really hung up on, as he should be, the budget of this Matrix Resurrections movie was $190 million. So this is going to be such a colossal money loser. Yeah. And, and and you look at I mean and you look at that film and you don't see where it went. No, no, because it it the movie looks terrible and in you know in Gremlins two fashion. I do think part of what this movie was trying to do was to purposely look bad to sort of comment on the action movie tropes of the original movies, and I don't know why it would cost more money to make something look bad on purpose. But it, it apparently yeah. does. It apparently, you know, you have to have the best people to make fight sequences look specifically uh, janky, you know, so that you could do your meta commentary on what fight sequences mean in action movies. And it, yeah, it, I mean, I don't... It's, it's I, a disaster. I, I kind of don't want to wade into that mud of they did that on purpose because when you have these kind of films, like you have a film as, as poorly done as this film is, you can have its defender say that was on purpose Mm -hmm. and there's no way to know. But I, I I do think it it is because again, this is clearly a gremlins two situation. So if we're going to label it a gremlins two situation, then I think we do have to assume that they spent this money to purposely make the action look bad. Yeah, but I, I think Gremlins 2 didn't try to make itself a a, a garish, bad-looking mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I think it was still done well. Right, right. I mean, the characters were ridiculous. I mean, I, we could, listen, we could go into this and talk about this for hours. We don't have time to do that. So, so but, last thing on Matrix I'll throw out there is... This is the end of this series as a movie series, right? It 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 seems like I know what you said. They can't stop touching the stove, but this was a situation which they touched the stove 
and the entire pot of boiling water fell on them, bubbled all of their skin. You know, Jason Kyler's skin is peeling after this opening weekend of Matrix Resurrection. So he is dumb, but I don't even think he'd be dumb enough to touch the Matrix stove again after what what happened to his skin this time. Not with these stars. I do think there's a very, very good chance that we see some sort of animated feature. Mm-hmm. We see some sort of show. Well, possibly animated, possibly connected somehow. I, I just feel like there'll be something, a major motion picture that is put in theaters exclusively. I don't think we're going to see that again for at least 10 years. I agree. Yeah, I think it'll be right. back. I mean, Matrix will be back in our lifetime, mm-hmm. but not in the near, near future. I think this is the end of Keanu doing Matrix stuff. I think this is the end of uh, uh, Warner Brothers spending $200 million to make a feature film. But yeah, there'll be anime Matrix and there'll be, you know, Matrix uh, card games that tell a story and, and all that kind of stuff. But there's yeah there's this is the end of there being big budget matrix movies now let's talk very quickly about the kingsman okay the king's man and the reason why we should talk about this is because it was what we thought it was now mm-hmm. we both thought it was going to miss the top 5 mm-hmm. and the only reason it didn't is because west side story can is continuing to shit the bed mhm mhm but the kingsman was a dump we knew it was a dump. Mm-hmm. There's not a strong enough fan base for this film to have them come out while Spider-Man's out, Matrix is out, right? Uh, Sing 2 is out, all these other films. Right. This was thrown to the wolves, and this is a 20th century film, and at the same time they threw this to the dogs... They put out the latest trailer for the what is that movie that has um, Army Hammer in it? Oh, uh, Death on the Nile. Death on the Nile, which yes. people were speculating they're going to re recast, they're going to reshoot. They're not reshooting and, that, and they said no. Of course, we're not. not spending any money on this. No. So you had a theory, and you talked about this. I think maybe last episode or the episode before about how. 20th century is 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 getting thrown to the dogs purposefully. Mm-hmm. They're dumping these films so that they can just get they can just cut that wound that limb off, and have an excuse to do so. Not that they need an excuse, but it's just more, it's just more evidence that this is no longer an arm that they need. Yeah, like I think Disney is looking, and again, not that they need cover, but when they do fire everyone unfortunately who's still working at 20th century when they shutter that studio when they you know uh walk up and down the halls tearing things off the walls you know mickey mouse just burning anything that says 20th century eating eating signage whatever they do when they shutter something well they they go they go through the like ari did and shoot them with paintball guns yes yes yeah, you'll you'll have all of your uh, Disney HR people with big Mickey Mouse heads just shooting 20th century employees with paintball guns. And it's going to be awful, but they are going to want to say, we had no choice because these 20th century movies are all bombs. And they'll, mm-hmm. you know, you'll you'll have all these 20th century employees crawling out of the building, covered in paint, you know, with with uh, pink slips shoved in their butt cracks and, you know, whatever it is that Mickey Mouse and, and Disney HR are going to do. But Disney wants to be able to say they deserved it because look at the box office for The Kingsman. Look at the box office for Death on the Nile. Look at the box office for West Side Story. And Disney will say, we didn't do wrong when we fired everyone, shot them with paintball guns put pink slips in their orifices. We did right because the box office of their movies was so bad. And so this is the cover. Them putting Kingsman out to just be eaten alive by Spider-Man, that is Disney's PR cover for when 
They shudder that division when they shudder to one of the century and when they just send their employees crawling out to the streets, which is going to be terrible. Yeah. But I mean, this this film, I, I think, will uh, definitely fall off the radar next weekend. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it got it almost got beat by American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, which I called as yes. a sleeper. Yes. Because it is a faith-based football movie. Mm-hmm. It was only in 2,813 theaters. It had been out for only three days mm-hmm. and almost overtook The Kingsman. Wow. Yeah. Now, it's... The Kingsman had a, you know, The Kingsman had a uh, five day of nine something, right? So, but still, when we're looking at the weekend. Mm-hmm. There's obviously people who chose American Underdog, and if that if it had if it had gotten a five day, I have a feeling it would have beat the Kingsman's nine point five. I mean, the American Underdog had more people per theater, or more mm-hmm. money per theater. Its per screen average was two thousand. Kingsman's was eighteen hundred. I mean, the marketing, even though Disney was obviously dumping this movie you still saw more Kingsman trailers and advertisements than you did for American Underdog. You know, Kingsman at least has a brand. I mean, you look at the... I just brought up the box office for the second Kingsman movie. So Kingsman Golden Circle came out September 2017. And that opening weekend... You know, we forget how big these Kingsman movies were. The opening weekend was $39 dollars just four years ago you know in four years a long time everything moves fast but in four years to have that kind of drop off i think there is definitely the disney release to blame but why did they ever green light a, a prequel in the first place when the second sequel did pretty well I'm not a Colin Firth fan, but that doesn't matter because Colin Firth in this role was doing fine. Why do a third movie that doesn't have Colin Firth in The Kingsman or the other guy who is the lead of The Kingsman? The uh, yeah, I mean maybe the, maybe the, budget. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean that's a possibility. I guess so, but it this is to me this is a situation where Disney was dumping this movie, but and they don't these people don't deserve to be shot with paintballs and have pink slips, you know, shoved down their pants, but the 20th Century Fox executives who greenlit a prequel instead of just doing a third movie with Colin Firth uh, uh I, I I I don't understand why you would ever make that decision. Yeah. You know, that this was a movie that people didn't want to the degree they wanted any more Kingsman stuff. They just wanted more Colin Firth and the guy who played Elton John. So we got Journal for Jordan. Okay. Which was the other Christmas Day release. $2.2 million in 2,500 theaters. $880 per theater average. That's bad. Yeah, this movie's, that's, I mean, I, that that was a movie that could have over-indexed, and obviously it didn't uh, appeal to the people that they wanted it to appeal to, so this movie is also kind of uh, DOA, it I mean, feels like. When you see some of these opening weekends, you know, a Journal for Jordan opening to $2.2 million, Averaging eight hundred and eighty bucks per theater. I mean, the thing that, and I don't want to take people to this place because it's a, a bad place in in box office to to remember. But these feel like the opening weekends we were getting right in the middle of the pandemic when theaters were just starting to open and putting stuff like Come Play out there and putting. Uh, uh, bring him back what was the kevin costner movie bring him home let him go let him go you know things like let him go or honest thief you know these are 
even lower than those because those movies would open up more in the $4 million range. You know, so when you just when you just see an opening weekend for something like Journal for Jordan, it's a two point two million. You just get those those uh, PTSD flashbacks, like you're back in you, pandemic box office, which you is you do. But you're looking at the this is the lower end of oh, the top ten. Of course, we have one, two, three, four, five, what five five new movies? No, you're right. You're right. We have Spider Man. Yeah, and this obviously didn't look like something people wanted. I mean. This to the people who this was aimed at, it it didn't appeal to them enough to go. So, it, the market corrected itself. Yeah. you know, it's it's a uh, uh, a, a type of it, one thing about this movie is that they try at the end of the trailer, you know, because this movie is directed by Denzel Washington but doesn't star Denzel Washington, and at the very end they have Denzel Washington say when the movie's in theaters, you know, you hear his voice to say in theaters Christmas day or whatever the, the announcement was. And in that you do realize how this movie was kind of doomed because they know the most marketable part of this movie is Denzel Washington and he's not in it. Yes. And and having his voice tell you that when the movie comes out, that was never going to drive anyone to the box office. The only way Denzel Washington's voice is going to drive people to the box office is if it ends by him saying, I'm Denzel Washington and I'm in this movie. Mm-hmm. And that's not what the announcement was. And Journal for Jordan, I don't know if there was some confusion too about who the Jordan in this movie would be because you have Michael B. Jordan in the movie you obviously have Michael Jordan is still incredibly famous and the title a journal for Jordan is a Jordan who's neither of them. So it's, it's also just a confusing situation of, of what the, what the promise of this movie is going to be. I hear Denzel's voice, but he's not in it. Michael B. Jordan's the star, but he's not the titular Jordan. And it's not about Michael Jordan, the basketball player. So there's just a lot of confusing elements to this movie. Yeah, it's a lot to try to wrap your head around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially around the holidays. Right, right. People are are just in food comas, and they're discombobulated with all the relatives running around, and to try and figure out... Yeah. They wrote down a journal for Jordan, because they're like, okay, I'm going to get back to this, I'll go see this movie. And then they look at it, and they're like, oh, wait, is this a present I have to buy for someone? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's Jordan? Right. I'm going to buy a journal for this person. Is this someone from my husband's work? Is this a, a a friend of my kid? Right, right, right. So you have these people buying journals for Jordan and going around their house and saying like, "I got Jordan his journal." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're and the they were saying, "Mom, you're going crazy. What are you talking about? I don't have a friend named Jordan. What are you talking about?" Right, right. And 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 they don't know enough about. They're not. They're not watching these commercials they're not seeing these commercials for this movie so they don't know what's going on right 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 so journal sales may have ticked up this week by accident yeah um but that does not lead to box office and also you know journal is not exactly the most you know enticing uh uh word to get people out to a movie theater for a movie you know journals are usually Something either you have to do, you have to journal because, you know, if your English teacher is making you or, uh, you know, a parole officer or whatever. There's, you know, usually either being forced to journal or you journal, but it's something you do quietly. And I don't think that it's it's not the type of action packed, you know, enticement that people are going to want to go see a movie about a journal. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it invokes reading and writing. Mhm. Mhm. Things that people don't want to do normally mm-hmm. and and they certainly don't want to do when they're on a break from school mm-hmm. and or work. Right. Right. If this was called an Xbox 360 for Jordan, Mhm. Now we're talking. Yep. Yep. So, but it's obviously not the, the the film. This was a different sort of film. Yeah. And I haven't seen it. But obviously something about it resonated with Denzel Washington, one of the greatest 
actors, mm-hmm. living or dead. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, as an exec, going to be the guy who says, oh, Denzel, could you make it an Xbox 360? Right. I'm not putting myself in the line of that fire. Right, right, right. And, you know, hopefully this movie is, I don't think, is Matrix Resurrections budget. So they hopefully Sony didn't take a huge bath on that. And also Sony's got Spider-Man out there right now. So the Journal for Jordan is a, is a write-off. Absolutely. It is a write-off, which is great. Yeah. They can write it off in their journal. Yep. Um, now, do we want to talk real quick about Licorice Pizza's wide opening? Sure. Made $1.9 million. This is pretty good. It is. It is pretty good. I mean, it's – it's with Licorice Pizza, it's going to be hard to say right now because it looks so good because it expanded wide, so the the jump is so high. You know, it, mm-hmm. it basically made more than twice – it's whole box office in, in this one weekend. Um, I am taking a look right now at what the box office was for Phantom Thread, which was the last Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Uh, and in its first wide weekend, it made $1.1 million dollars. So after being in limited release for three weeks, it went wide and uh, it made $1.1 million. And the total box office for that movie was $21 million domestic, So, which was considered a success. So basically, Licorice Pizza is pretty much in that same range. You know, it's doing PTA numbers. And it's only in 786 theaters right, right. now. So we're not talking about it being in the number of theaters that a Journal for Jordan is in. Right, right. You know, it still has a per theater average of 2,432 mil, uh, 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 thousand, sorry, thousand. Right. And... You know, you look ahead the next few weeks, there is really not much coming out. I think, you know, you look at the stuff geared towards adults. Matrix Resurrections is pretty much sunk. Kingsman is sunk. I think American Underdog is the type of movie that'll have a nice couple of weekends, but is not going to be long term. You know, once all of the church charter buses see this movie the first weekend or two, these movies usually cycle out of the theater fairly quickly and it makes its 15 to 20 mil or whatever right and then like you said and goes out journal for jordan is already doa that per screen average of 880 bucks per theater is is really bad so licorice pizza nightmare alley's done nightmare alley is done so licorice pizza is going to have possibly that spot to itself for the next few weeks, that spot of whatever art house people, whatever adults, whatever oldsters are going to the movie theater at all, their default pick might be Licorice Pizza. You know, this movie mm-hmm. could possibly rack up one to two million a week for the next, you know, four or five weeks. Possibly. It's getting great reviews. Mm hmm. Really good buzz. Mm-hmm. It's I think more accessible than his than something like Phantom Thread, which I I love and think is one of the best comedies ever made. Mm-hmm. But I do think that Licorice Pizza is something that people could glom onto a little bit easier. Yes, yes, and yeah, and I think its box office is 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 helping its chances of being an Oscar movie. You know, we talked about how the box office for Nightmare Alley pretty much sunk its 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 Oscar chances. House of Gucci's box office has probably kept it alive as an Oscar movie. And Licorice Pizza is going to be able, I think, to make enough money the next few weeks 
where the box office will help its chances at getting a lot of Oscar nominations. And then once that happens, the box office could really take off. Well, so where does that put West Side Story here? Because right. West Side Story is at number six. Mm-hmm. 2.8 million, down 22%. Didn't lose many theaters, 10 theaters, mm-hmm. but it's only at 239 this movie feels like yesterday's news. I mean, it's already, the, I mean, this film was already yesterday's news and now it's yesterday's yesterday's news. Right. I think we have to give West Side Story one more episode because I think one right more weekend. I think it is this week and next weekend when we, when we get to next Monday morning's results. I think we'll fully at that point know if West Side Story is cooked or not. Because this is going to be the week. If it's if it's ever going to make any money, it's going to be this week. And you look at that drop, 22% was obviously a really good hold. The problem is that it's holding from what was a really low weekend last week. But it mm-hmm. it did finally have that really good hold that we were all hoping for, you know, uh, from when it first opened and it, it, it's got one more week. I think this week, Christmas to new year's and next weekend is where if it's ever going to make anything, it's going to do it then, but it's still in the end. It's, I think going to then, have a hard time making much more than, you know, 30 million or so total. Yeah. Well, there is a weird, so the weird thing about this five day and this weekend in general mm-hmm. was that Christmas was on a Saturday. Right. And so what you have is normally if say you have Christmas on a Thursday mm-hmm. or a Wednesday or something like that, you lose out on a little bit of business because people are with their family and then then they end up going to the theater usually on Christmas Day, right? Right. right. Uh, it, it, Christmas Day evening is usually when most people go to the theater. When that falls on a Saturday, Saturday's prime time mm-hmm. to go to the theater mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. So when you look at some of these drops, especially like the Spider-Man drop for the for the three day, the fact that it's a 68% drop, people can say, oh, wow, that's okay. That's a bigger drop than I expected. But the reason being is that for pretty much almost all of Saturday until the evening, people were stuck with their families. So you're going to have those kind of things. And the fact that West Side Story only dropped 22% with, you know, Saturday being Christmas, it could bode well for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I I have I, I know that. Three weeks is a long time. So at this point, I should be definitively just declaring West Side Story dead. I should be saying that this box office is, is going to hurt its chances of being nominated for Best Picture. But I do think we've got to give it this one last week to see. It's Listen, the greatest showman scenario is not going to happen. That, that dream no, is no, dead. No. This isn't suddenly going to end up at a hundred million dollars in a month. It's that's not happening, but, but we already said that we already knew that. Yeah. Don't make it seem like we had those unrealistic no, expectations. No. Cause we debunked that weekend one, but it could have a, a greatest showman style, strong week or two after Christmas, you know, not at that well, it level, have- but it, it could do enough. So that it gets to a somewhat respectable, I guess forty million at this point is the ceiling for this movie. I mean, maybe forty it could would get be there. a dream for this film. Maybe it could get there. You know, I, I, I don't know if the box office of this movie is going to affect whether it's up for best picture. I, I feel like this it movie won't. is getting it, it. Yeah, it's getting it no matter what. But if it gets to thirty or forty million, I think then that voter feels even more confident voting for West Side Story. Yeah. Yeah, this year is thin soup, as was last year. Right. So you're going to, if you have a Spielberg movie, it's getting in. Yeah, yeah. And and I haven't seen it. You saw it. People are saying it's 
It's a tour de force. It's it's you know, very good. It is good. I mean, and, now looking... Okay, so looking at these top 10 that we have, and I don't know if there's anything else that we have to talk about in particular. I mean, we actually haven't talked about Sing 2 very much. Yeah, I was going to say, we need to mention a little... We need to talk a little bit about Sing, but what were you saying overall? What was your... Well, I was going to your... say, looking at West Side Story, there is actually a chance for both West Side Story and Licorice Pizza to move up in the rankings next week. Because when you look at this top five, I think Matrix Resurrections and The Kingsman are going to fall off a cliff. Yeah. And American Underdog will probably have one more weekend where it has a lot of pre-sold, you know, church groups buying tickets to American Underdog. So that might have one more good weekend. But there is the opening for West Side Story and Licorice Pizza to actually move up in the rankings as some of the other stuff at the top just falls all the way down. I mean, Kingsman in particular, I think, is going to crater so badly going forward. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine Resurrections having a good hold because not only is it on HBO Max... Mm. It's an unliked film. It's a and it's, it's going to be tor- all over the torrent sites. Yeah, it's all over the torrent sites at this point. Yeah, yeah, and it's a Gremlins two situation. And Grem, once that word gets out, you know that this is not a proper new Matrix movie. This is not a you know new Matrix action movie. It is a Gremlins two meta movie. I mean that word is out there already, and that is just going to kill whatever chance this movie had. Oh, and the Matrix fans are going to be, you making fun of me, bro? Right, right. And you don't want their that reaction to be that. Right. You, that that's the worst reaction. Right. Um. So, all right. Before we get into, I guess, our predictions for next weekend, let's talk Sing Two. I mean, it it did a little bit under what we were thinking, but still, I would say this is still a really good opening weekend. Yeah, for for you know the rats eating their cheese, the kids not being out as much. I don't think, especially because I do think there was a little bit of uh, worried mm-hmm. people were worried. Uh, the first thing opened to thirty five million dollars, mm-hmm. and that was around the same time, December twenty first. Right. It went on to make two hundred and seventy million dollars domestic. The thing with this movie is I think it does I think it has a really good hold next weekend. Yes. I think it does great business throughout the next couple weeks, especially with nothing really to go up against mm-hmm. it. And like I've said previously with these the this film, it'll make its money in the theater. It's gonna make a shit ton of money on all the other uh avenues. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that's going to be rented several times at home. It's going to be bought several times. Mm-hmm. This is a film that's going to make a lot of money from a lot of different places, and we will never get away from the Sing movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna have a huge week. I mean, I I'm excited to see what it does this week because this is one that I could see having a greatest showman type run the next few weeks. Like I I (coughs) conceivably could see this movie having something like a 30% drop or lower. Absolutely. And it's going to have a week full of weekend level weekday grosses. Mm -hmm. Um, So sing Two opened way less than the, the, the first one. I will say kudos to Universal for not dropping this last minute day and date on Peacock, which we did think was a possibility, you know, as yes. the, the, the the Omicron virus news started getting really bad right before the weekend. And I, I we both said we wouldn't have been shocked if they went day and date and they didn't do it. They they stuck to theaters only for the rats. The rats have to go into the theaters, and I think that is a good move overall. 
I think they will reap their rewards in the next couple of weeks yes. with that yes. move. Yeah, because if that if if Sing Two had been on Peacock, and of course, Peacock is not Disney Plus. It's not even HBO Max. It's obviously not Netflix. Not nearly as many people have Peacock as the other services, but there would have been a lot of rats who would have watched it on Peacock instead of going to the movie theater. Yeah. Um. So yeah, wow. I think what a top ten though. It's a very, very, you know, I do top like heavy. these. I do like these Christmas week top tens when there are just so many new movies out there. You know, and yeah. and it's uh, listen. Even before the pandemic, decades ago, you would always have this, and there would always be a bunch of movies that would just bomb. You know, there would always be mm-hmm. a Kingsman in there, or a Nightmare Alley. You know, it's not just because of the pandemic; it is also just because people did not want a Kingsman prequel, and. You know, Nightmare Alley just was. It's there's something about it that's not clicking with people. They Bradley Cooper's a movie star, but people didn't want him this way. They didn't want him in a noir horror movie. They still want him to be able to be in something where it looks like he's going to have some fun and be handsome. Yeah, I mean that's that's to be. I mean, I need to see the film because I really think I'll get a little bit more context. Mm-hmm for why this film didn't do anything mm-hmm. after seeing it. I mean, I'm no Del Toro fan. Mm-hmm. And even I wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. So it surprises me that this didn't do well. But, I mean, again, it goes back to the adults not going to the theater situation. Mm-hmm. And and also just maybe, like you said, in general, they didn't want to see it. They just didn't want to see it. And... There is just so and that's all right. It's fine, right? There's there is just so much out there. I think when you also look back at this month, there were definitely some mistakes made in terms of when the studios released certain movies. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about it a little last week, but opening Nightmare Alley the same week as Spider Man instead of a week before is clearly a huge mistake, and. Not oh, basically not opening any of these big movies the week before Spider Man is is a mistake. You know, even something like Matrix Resurrections. Why not open that the week before instead of the week after? Yeah, I mean Kingsman. The Kingsman, if it was going to succeed, and we know it was thrown to wolves, mm-hmm. but if they decide not to throw it to the wolves, give it its own weekend. Yeah, yeah, a slow weekend. Give it its own weekend, and this movie will make would have made. Uh, you know, fifteen maybe. Right, right. Opening three three day. Yeah, yeah. A big big mistake was how the studios didn't really put out any big movies the weekend of Friday, December tenth. That should have either been Kingsman or Matrix or uh, Licorice Pizza Going Wide or Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. You had to get in there ahead of Spider Man. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, looking ahead the next few weeks, I'm just looking at the release schedule. Like, there isn't anything huge. And, you know, whether this is huge or not is also debatable. But maybe nothing huge until Scream 5 comes out on January 14th. So these... Yep. These... Movies in the top five, top ten now, they're going to have some runway to rack up dollars. And most of that is going to be Spider-Man and Sing. But I do think Licorice Pizza and West Side Story are maybe the only other two that could really become some level of winners the next few weeks. Yeah, and I think Spielberg, with his track record, especially with him not getting it up as fast Mm -hmm. but eventually getting it up as you said so eloquently you got to give them the benefit of the doubt yeah yeah i mean this is this is this is the ultimate test of being a grower not a shower you know Mm -hmm. but the thing with that saying is you know if you go around saying i'm a grower not a shower eventually you got to grow 
And this is the week where, you know, West Side has been 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 trying to been trying to fluff West Side story for three weeks now. And if it was ever gonna grow, this is the week. Well, also, that's a twentieth century movie. Yeah. I mean, Disney Disney doesn't necessarily want... This is the one movie where I don't think Disney is trying to sabotage it, though. Because Spielberg is not the person you want to play those games with. No, no, absolutely not. You know, because even Mickey Mouse wants to have a good relationship with Spielberg. Obviously, they want Spielberg... To do, uh, someday direct a Star Wars movie or direct a, a Iron Man Resurrections or whatever Marvel movie they want. You know, they want to be in business with Spielberg. Maybe not for the right reasons, for the right projects, but they want Spielberg to do some of these Disney movies. So I don't think they they put West Side Story out there to be slaughtered the way they did with Nightmare Alley or Kingsman. Mm-hmm. Um. So should we talk about what we think next week? I guess the only other movie we haven't mentioned uh, that I think is worth mentioning is Red Rocket, unfortunately, finished number 13. This was its, I guess, wide-ish release. Um, finished at $150,000 for the weekend. And a really really bad $400 per theater average. So, you know, we were really pulling for Simon Rex. Obviously he gave one of the great performances of the year, but yeah, absolutely. As, as Jeff Bach of, of exhibitor relations co mentioned on, on Twitter today, red rocket was flaccid. It's a shame when a good movie doesn't do well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie, obviously, we had the great communal in-theater experience uh, where we were bonded for life with the other theater goers who saw Red Rocket with us. But it is the type of movie that nowadays the audience for it is probably sitting there and saying, when is this going to be on Hulu? Mm -hmm. You know, Red Rocket will be on Hulu or may, you know, maybe it'll have a nice life on PVOD or VOD. Maybe people actually rent it on iTunes, but it really does feel like one of those movies that the audience is just waiting for it to go to streaming. Yeah. If they're waiting for it at all. I mean, to be fair, it is a uh, movie about a, 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 you know, the character is a, a scam artist porn star and it's starring Simon Rex. So, the audience for it is already starting from a very small place. Yes. It kind of starts with us and, and circles out. Right. 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 Um, but yeah, this is probably, you know, talk about Oscar movies. This is probably not the kind of box office performance that it's going to give Simon Rex that extra bump to get a best actor. Nom, nom, nom. No. Well, do we want to do our top fives? I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot at this point other than, I mean, I think there's an obvious one and two. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I do think next week's top five is 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 pretty interesting because I'm going to think there's going to be some changes coming. So Spider-Man is going to be number one for sure. Slam doink. Slam doink. And Sing 2 is a slam doink at number two. Yes. I think... Matrix is going to really belly flop. You know, I think Matrix made 12 million this weekend. Matrix could go as low as making like $2 million next weekend. You know, mm, I, it's possible. It, it's, it's because a 70% drop would be getting it to uh, uh, like 6 million. Or no, a 70% drop would be Matrix coming in at like four. I, this movie could have like an 80% drop. I, I think this is yeah. going to be maybe the maybe the biggest drop of the year. Maybe? Yeah. 
So if we go under that assumption and Kingsman is also going to fall off the face of the earth, do we think American Underdog moves up and West Side Story moves up? Do these get into the top five? Well, and is Licorice Pizza expanding again next weekend? That's a big... Yeah, because if Licorice Pizza does... You know, it's at 786 theaters. If that expands to like 2,000 theaters, that movie does have a chance of making two or three million dollars. Mm-hmm. It's it's okay. I'm gonna go with. I think that American Underdog is number three. West Side Story is number four, and Matrix is number five. Okay. That is my top yeah. five. Mine, obviously, Spider-Man, one, Sing, two, two. I also, you know, listen, I'm I'm big into the American underdog, mm-hmm. just in general, mm-hmm. as a philosophy and as a film. Mm-hmm. So that's my number three. Uh, I, I would, I'm going to put Matrix at four. Mm-hmm. And then I will say West Side at five. Yeah. It's it's tough because Matrix would have to have such a record-breaking drop to fall down to, you know, $2 million. But it's possible. It is it is extremely possible. Yeah. Yeah. And we both agree Kingsman next weekend is, is very likely to make in the $1 million range. I think it's DOA. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and with Licorice Pizza, the question is, if it expands wider, it could get to $2 million, which could be enough to get into the top five next weekend. Possibly, probably yeah. not, but possible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, I think next weekend is going to be really interesting. I think we'll finally have a final verdict on West Side Story. And uh, I think it, I think the Matrix Resurrection's drop is going to possibly be record-breaking well it's something to look forward to well clayton we have something else to look forward to which is there's going to be a second episode of the bo boys this week oh big big time and it's not going to just be us going through you know the weekday top five what did these movies do on tuesday we're doing a year-end review with our winners and the hoosers of 2021 and a little bit of a look ahead to 2022. And we're doing it with Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co. He'll be joining us later this week on our big year-end episode. Yes, uh, Jeff, the man, the myth, the legend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll, we're going we're gonna to get him on the old Zoom and... When we all get together, you know it's a good old time. Yeah, yeah. We were we were going to have him on this episode and do the year end stuff, and then we just realized we'd be we'd be on there for four hours easy. Mm-hmm. So we had to split it up, and we're going to talk to him in a few days and really properly put this year in 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 context. Yes. So that's going to so be huge. If it- so if uh, Pat, where can they find us? Where can they email us if they have questions for us about uh, this this upcoming year in review? Well, email us. Yes, email us actually immediately when you hear this at the Bo Boys Podcast at Gmail dot com because once you hear this episode, we'll still not be recording the bonus year end episode for another day or so. So if you email us right away. Send us your questions. We could talk to Jeff Bach of Exhibitor Relations Co. about, possibly, if it's a good question, what your question is for the year. So email us at theboboyspodcast at gmail.com. And that does remind me, before we go, I do want to uh, just quickly talk about an email that we did get a few days ago from uh, Wannabe Oh Boy Reed. Email well, us on well, Thursday. Well, I was actually. Are you? Gonna... I I actually was going to say let's hold off on that. Okay. One. Okay. 
for the year in review. Oh, and I was just going to mention that. I was just going to give a shout out to Reed because he sent us a great email. And I do think it's something we should talk with Jeff about. Great idea. So, Reed, uh, we will talk about your email. We got a uh, boots on the ground report on the state of movie theaters. And uh, yes, that's a great idea. We'll talk about that with Jeff this week. So that's huge. Hey, listen, you email us the BO boys podcast at gmail.com and it, ju- it just fuels the conversation. Yeah. Keep the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out our Substack, box, box office revival with Brandon gray. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's kicking into high gear when the box office kicks into high gear you know that's kicking into high gear mm-hmm. over on clubhouse yep. and of course scott mendelson of forbes you know fingers crossed we're going to have him on in the new year sometime oh, hopefully yeah that was such a huge Gotta get him back huge huge hit of an episode this past year he's he's definitely going to be back and you know we have some people on our wish list, our wish list for this year that we're going to try to get mm-hmm. um, a few that we won't name, but one we will name. Uh, you know, uh, Anthony D'Alessandro, I mean, come on the pod. He's the one. He's the one we need to talk to. Yep. So we're going to try and, and and get him on the pod at some point. That would be great. We don't know if he does podcasts. Maybe this will be his first one. No better place than the B.O. Boys to break that podcast cherry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this 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 is where it's not – I'm not going to say where, where you get your start, obviously, because you, you got to be a big name and be worthy of getting this spot. But it's where you're – it's where you're crowned. You know, Scott Mendelson was always a box office legend, but once he appeared on the B.O. Boys, even he reached a whole new uh, stratosphere of box office. And who knew Echelon? Absolutely. Yes. yes. Well, Pat, my, my throat's given up, so I, uh, I think there's nothing left to say, but until next time, we'll, we'll smell, smell you at the... At the-